mai te kōpai ki te urupa a tātou ako tonu ai. From the cradle to the grave, we are forever learning. Enga kainga maha o te motu, nau mai anō ki te hōtaka e kia nei ko te ahikā. Kua o tēnei ko Justin Murray, welcome to your weekly fix of Kaupapa Māori or Māori Stories here on Te Ahikā, Radio New Zealand National. Coming up, Dr Hirini Mokome talks to Maraia Rakuraku about the history of the Wharetsipuna or meeting house, Mātātua. Uh, it's been a pleasure watching it rise from the ground and uh, looking at it as the work progressed and I have no doubt in my mind that uh, it will be and it is already a very beautiful house and one that really commands attention once people come and look at it and see it and once they go inside it uh, there's a feeling of real awe and wonder about that whare. On Friday, September 9th, Dion Church unexpectedly died of a heart attack. He was part of the Rodeo Royalty Fano, the Churches, and was 15 times New Zealand Rodeo Champion, equaling his father, Merv Church. We'll hear more about this remarkable family as we dip back into the Tiahika archives from 2009. They, they know what's expected of them, to get the horses in and feed them and put them out when we arrive. Because once the horses come out of there, well, we put the mattresses down and that's where they sleep, you know. I've got a sink and a stove in there, and, yeah. It's Gas like cookers. home away from home, really. Mm. Yeah. We'll hear more from Sue Church and her rodeo whanau later on, as well as the winners of the recent Wyatt the Māori Awards in Hastings. Koe ara ngā kaupapa e hariaki nei, that's what's coming up in this edition of Te Ahika. Go listening to Te Ahika. Te Wakatoi, the Māori Arts Board of Creative New Zealand, has been running its annual awards honouring service to Te Ao Māori since 1986. But the rangatahi of the young people aren't forgotten either. A scholarship worth $4,000 is available to Māori students of Māori arts, including music, theatre, dance and visual arts. Tai Kirikiri, once a freezing worker but now an artist, is one of this year's scholars. We join him on stage at the awards ceremony. Jeez, I had this plan speech all sorted out and then uh, about 10 minutes ago it just went out the door. (laughs) At the moment I'm just visualising that I'm at the pa and there's a wedding on. Because usually I'm one of those fellas walking around handing out food because that's who I like to be. I'm not the one that likes to stand up here and, and receive. Um, we we're always brought up to give. Um, I'd just like to thank um, my grandfather because um, a few years ago 
our nan passed away and uh, I was doing nothing so I moved back and started living with him and then from there I started working at the freezing works, got made redundant so uh, on the dole doing nothing and um, at that time one of our, um, our whanau was um, build, uh, carving our inui, one of our whareinui so he took me along and then realising that these were all my whanau but I didn't know who they were um, I ended up jumping on and learning who I was and um, from there it just created I just wanted to carry on so from after us working on this whareinui I went to Toyo Kura and from there I just kept wanting to know who I was and probably just um, like I was saying give back to our own people our own kids and started getting into teaching and I'm one of those fellows that are at the back and people usually see my work but don't know who it, who it is and, and I prefer that so I'm quite nervous looking around in my whanau because um, they all know that I'm not the ones that will stand up here and speak I'd rather get my cousins to get up here and speak and do all this um, but I'd like to thank my wife because in 1998 she received this award so I'm just following her yeah and um Everybody gets to talk about, you know, like, uh, your soulmate. And when people used to talk like that, I used to go, oh, here we go. <laughs> Bunch of theories. But um, over the years, I've actually, <laughs> I've actually um, appreciated what they are actually talking about because she is my soulmate. She knows we know how to communicate without actually speaking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, yeah, and um, she's just been a, 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 an inspiration for me, and um, she's the one that keeps us going, because we own our own little business, and if it wasn't for her, I'll probably be back at the freezing works or um, picking squash, picking oranges, but she was the one that actually said, um, come on, we can do this. And I believed in her, and she believed in me. So now we got our own little business. We're not rich, like to be one day, but um, we'll rather work for our people than actually have a whole lot of money behind us. So kia ora, everybody. Kia ora, tai kere kere, a recipient of a scholarship at the recent Te Wakatoi Awards. More recipients of Natonga Toi a Te Wakatoi in coming weeks on Te Ahika. Yesterday, Saturday the 17th of September, was, well, an important date for the iwi of Ngāti Awa, as they welcomed back officially the Wharetipuna Mātātua, after it has travelled the world and spent 70 years at Otago Museum in the Southland. In the mid-90s, however, the different parts of the Wharenui were given back to Ngāti Awa, in which, since then, has been a huge effort on their part in restoring the Wharetipuna. Dr. Hirini Mukumid has accorded all with Marae Rakuraku. Probably to uh, have it finally opened. Uh, it's been a pleasure watching it rise from the ground 
and uh, looking at it as the work progressed. And I have no doubt in my mind that uh, it will be, and it is already, a very beautiful house and one that really commands attention once people come and look at it and see it. And once they go inside it, uh, there's a feeling of real awe and wonder about that whare. Uh, because it's, a, it's a, a whare that's a mixture of old and new. Uh, the structure is actually new. It's a brand new structure unlike any other structure at any other marae in the country. Uh, we've had to do this because of the age of the carvings in the whare. They're over 130 years old. And therefore, we've had to uh, build the sort of structure uh, that would uh, protect them as much as we could uh, without going into very, very expensive uh, technology, you know, to keep the place cool and at an even temperature. So there are all sorts of, uh, of devices in the whare uh, to help uh, keep a fairly even temperature within it. And it's really high-tech stuff that most people just wouldn't see when they go into the whare. You can't see the technology, mm. but it's there mm. uh, to allow uh, an even kind of temperature in the whare. Uh, the structure is all steel, solid steel, and that was necessary because uh, of the weight of, of uh, some of these uh, popo. They're really heavy things. And I was told that uh, the potuarongo, I think, was almost a ton and a half <laughs> by itself. Uh, you know, large, very huge, and very tall. And so <clears throat> the house had to be strong, you know, to hold all of these carvings. Uh, we've had to do a lot of uh, conservation work on the carvings, a lot of uh, replacing uh, broken pieces, damaged pieces, uh, replacing pieces that never came back. And so <clears throat> there's been a whole lot of work done meanwhile. It's taken us a long time. I mean, the house came back in 96 and 97 when all the carvings came back but it's taken us this long, you know, to actually get it up. But in the meantime, there's been a lot of work done in uh, producing a brand new set of uh, tukutuku panels. Uh, whariki have already been done for the whare. There's enough whariki there to cover the whole floor. Uh, cloaks, special cloaks have been woven for it. And so a lot of attention has been uh, given to the whare to make it uh, really stand out uh, as a whare that will be the prime marae, you know, for Ngāchiawa. Uh, it's also a place that has in it uh, the works of some of our some of our tipuna, the ones who built it in 1872, and it was finally uh, or first opened in 1875 and stood at Whakatane. And then, I guess, unusual for any whare here in New Zealand because it hadn't been standing for very long uh, when the government uh, demanded it and wanted it to be uh, uprooted and taken away 
to Australia, and then it began a whole series of, of journeys from then on. And people have often asked us, well, why did you, Ngāchiawa, agree uh, for your father to be pulled down and taken away? I mean, that is a very drastic thing to do, you know, to a chipuna whare. And we said, well, if you've been through Araupatu, you've been through an invasion, your people have been thrown in jail, and a few of them have been executed, what would you say? And that was the position that Ngāchewa was in. So it is said that we agreed, you know, to the whare being taken. So it was taken, and it went to Sydney, it went to Melbourne, there it was shipped to London, to the South Kensington, South Kensington Museum, and the Royal Victoria and Albert Museum. It was there for about 40 years, and was shown at the uh, big Wembley exhibition in 1924, and that's when one of the wishes of the original builders of that whare uh, came to pass because when it was built, one of the ideas was that if the Queen of England ever came to New, to New Zealand and visited Fakatane, she could sleep in that whare. And that was interpreted by the government as Ngātiawa gifting the whare to them, but that wasn't the idea at all. It was, in a sense, dedicated to the Queen, but for when she came to Fakatane, that's where she could stay. Well, <clears throat> when the house was put up at Wembley in London, the then King and Queen visited the whare, and that was King George V and Queen Mary, long before your time. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, just a little bit of news. <laughs> <laughs> it was then that the New Zealand government asked for the house to be returned, which was one of those uh, surprises in history. The government wanted it returned because there was a big exhibition being held in Dunedin in 1925. And so an agreement was reached the house was packed up again, brought back to New Zealand, and then taken to this huge exhibition that was held in Dunedin. While it was there, the uh, directors of the museum, of the Otago Museum, asked for the house to be gifted to them because they didn't have a carved house, whereas Auckland did. Auckland had one. And the thing about that is that the one in Auckland was also carved by Ngātiawa, and it was carved soon after this one. And it wasn't carved in Whakatane, it was actually carved in Hauraki uh, because it was a marriage gift uh, for one of our women uh, who married a chief of Ngātimaru. And that was a wedding present uh, to the to the people uh, of Hauraki uh, after they were married. And it's a pretty good uh, sort of a wedding gift because 
she had her own whare. <laughs> and a beautifully carved one, too, mm -hmm. at that. And we don't see that sort of thing not anymore. anymore. Yeah, not anymore. And we don't, uh, we're not seen to be supporting our women the way they were doing it then. So there's a lesson to be learned there, I think, in uh, what Ngāchewa did uh, for Mereana. Now, coming back to, uh, to Matatua, the Otago Museum asked for the house. It was given to them on permanent loan, and there it stayed for 70 years. And then in 1980, uh, Ngātiawa met, all of the hapū met. And at that meeting, we decided uh, some very important uh, matters. One was that we'd we would actually combine our resources, unite as a tribe, and set up our own tribal authority. And that was the first time in history, you know, that had been done among Ateoa. And we were actually fairly late in doing this because Tuhu had already done it, Talawa had done it, Whakatohea had done it, so we came in rather late, in about 1980. And at that meeting it, it was decided that we wanted our mountain back, we wanted that whare back, we wanted the Ngātiawa farm at the back of Whakatane back, and we wanted to start our Ropatu case. Those were on the agenda, and that was what we had to do. And over the years, uh, that's what we did do. Uh, we managed to do three of them. Uh, haven't quite yet got the mountain back. <laughs> uh, still working on that, though. Uh, we got the, the whare back after a long battle with different officials, different uh, ministers of internal affairs, uh, who just bluntly uh, turned us down. And it wasn't until we took the matter to the uh, Waitangi Tribunal as part of our Ropatu case and heard all of the evidence uh, about it uh, that the Crown uh, then decided that the ground that they were trying to defend <laughs> was not very defendable. <laughs> and so uh, they decided, largely through the foresight of the minister at that time, and that was uh, the Honourable Douglas Graham, you know, Sir Douglas Graham today. He was the one who was there as the Minister of Treaty Settlements at the time, um, he grappled with the, with the problem and decided uh, to give it back. Now, to do that, however, uh, required the government to actually compensate the museum for the loss of the whare because they argued that this was their prime... Uh, uh, exhibition piece and that if we took the whare away uh, there'd be a huge financial loss and we don't know whether that was true or not you know but our, however they argued the case with the government so the government did compensate them with a couple of million dollars I think and then uh, there was 
the museum people then agreed that the house should be given back and then the pieces began to arrive. And it was on a, a great day, really, when the, the pare of the whare was brought back to Whakatane by a delegation of Ngaitahu. They brought it. And that was a happy occasion uh, at Whakatane because then everyone knew that the house was on the way back. Although I have to say to, to people that actually a house did not come back. What came back, you know, were the bones of it, you know, what was left of it, largely the, uh, the carved wooden pieces, that's all, that survived, you know, all of that uh, toing and froing around the world. And so it was the heavy carvings, the, uh, the heke, uh, some epa, the tahuhu, and uh, fairly uh, badly damaged paipaiafa. Uh, those were the ones that came back. Dr. Hirini Mokomi there describing parts of the Farenui. Now, some of the kupumani that you heard or words were the heke, rafters, epa are the posts on the inside end of the Farenui, tahuhu is the ridge pole of the Farenui, and paipaiafa is the outer threshold of the whare. And so began uh, Ngatiawa's uh, long, long-term plan uh, to rebuild that whare. Uh, we decided it had to be done, uh, but to also free it completely from the museum kind of setting, that is putting it inside another whare, you know, to be seen by other people. We said, no, we wanted it to stand as a whare in its own right, in its own marae, back in its own home territory. Are you impressed that given its age, some of them are still in really good nick? Actually, uh, a lot of the ones that came back are in pretty good nick. Mm. Uh, some were so badly damaged that uh, we've had to replace them completely. Uh, some parts of the... Uh, say of a popo, uh, were damaged, so that part was removed and our carvers had to attach, you know, new bits uh, to make the, uh, the popo hold again. But see, what had happened was when the house was first built, each popo was part of the, the structure of the house that they were dug into the ground originally. Mm. And the big uh, po tuorongo and po mu and all of that also dug into the ground and they anchored the whare. Now, once it, the whare was removed and taken around on its journeys and the house had to be, uh, you know, rebuilt in Sydney, they had the problem of whether to dig those into the ground or not and were quite unaware of whether they did that or not in Sydney. Uh, by the time it got to London, uh, I would have thought that the bottoms of most of those uh, car pieces would have been cut off or they would have rotted away you know, through time. So <clears throat> by the time it gets to Otago, uh, to Dunedin, uh, all of those bottom bits have been removed. 
And then when the house was built in uh, the museum, the space they had for it was a cramped sort of a space. So what they did to the whare was to actually uh, lower the height and therefore did more certain cutting, things. More cutting, cutting it to size. Yes. They made it fit the space anyway. So when it came back, when the pieces came back and we looked at, at what came back, there were surprises, uh, a lot of annoyance, you know, at how the carvings had been treated. And we said, well, there's no use uh, growling about it. You know, that's what happened to them. They went through, you know, a whole series of, uh, of experiences. Very much like the people. Not unlike, yes. Not unlike what had happened to the people. Uh, now it's our duty to uh, put it all right, fix it all up, and rebuild this whare so that it looks even grander than it did before. And it's got to be a, a sort of house that's going to stand the test of time. So it stands there uh, in a marae. There's a whareke on, on one side of it called Te Aroha o that took a lot of, uh, of time thinking about the name of it. And it was the late Teho Tutua who said, why don't we call it Te Aroha o Ngātiawa Kiteiwi? You just turned the whole thing around. Yes. So that was agreed. So that's the name of that whare. And then on the right-hand side of the uh, whare nui, there's a smaller uh, building, and that's called the Hono Kiteao. And we decided to do that because of the, the journeys of the whare. You know, it had actually um, set up some networks. <laughs> it didn't intend to, mm. but the networks are there. So in a way, given that the whare has been rebuilt over the last 14 years, the technology that's available now has enabled has enabled that to, you know, that's occurred simultaneously, that's ended up assisting in this building? Well, yes. Uh, it couldn't have happened any earlier because of We that. had the benefit of uh, you know, the tribunal hearing, and that's when a, a lot of uh, ideas were actually uh, aired you know, during the tribunal hearing, where some were concerned about Ngātiawa's desire to rebuild and reincorporate the whare into a marae. And after it's been um, where the carvings have been in museums for so long, and then here we are, we're going to expose them uh, to the world, as it were. So people suggested, well, you should do this and you should do that. And uh, when the house did come back, people said, all right, we'll do what we can to uh, ensure, you know, that these carvings are looked after. Uh, we'll even retire some of the outside carvings and build, rebuild them all together so there's new, new work outside. Uh, we weren't able to replace all of them, all of the outside ones, with new ones, but most of it is new. And just to really... Uh, look after them inside the whare. 
And when it came to actually uh, placing all of the popo within the whare, uh, the carpenters told us that there were all kinds of problems they had to face because over time, the wood actually moves. Um, like warping. It, it sort of, uh, some of it moves, um, if it's a popo like oh. that, it might bend forward. Okay. Or Is it in reaction back. to moisture? In yes, according to, like to, okay. uh, to what happens to it. And some of them twist this way. So they had quite a problem, you know, in fitting them in properly and tried to straighten, straighten uh, some of them up. And then in one case, it's in one of the heke. Uh, they had a lot of trouble uh, with it. And the, the carpenter, the head carpenter, said, well, that you actually had to talk to it. Yes, of course. <laughs> and said, <"Now> look, <laughs> Help us. We're trying our best here. <laughs> <laughs> and people wouldn't, uh, yeah, won't believe that. You know, said we talked to it. Said we're trying our best. We want you to look good, but we've got to put a lot of pressure on you in order to straighten you up. And uh, so they did gradually straighten it up, and finally they got it in place and said, "There you are, Kiora." <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So on a practical level, it's a house for the iwi. Who, are, who have been appointed as the kaitiaki? The kaitiaki are the Runanga members. They are the trustees of the site and they're the trustees of the whole marae. Because I'm guessing when you have a hapu marae or whare, there are members usually based around the hapu that look after it on a practical level, just yeah. mowing the lawns, yeah. things like that. Are we going to see Runanga members mowing the lawns, or is there a...? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> Which ones of the Runanga members are going to mow the lawns? <laughs> no, it'll be, it'll be looked after. The Runanga will see that it is properly looked after, properly cleaned, and uh, we've got to work out, actually, how to... Uh, raise enough money to maintain it every year. I think the maintenance costs uh, on this uh, marae are going to be a bit higher than for others, and that's because of the nature of of the whare. And we think that uh, while it's good to have this this cultural complex built, and it's good in its own right that Ngachewa has done that, has looked after its culture and built a cultural icon, you know, that everyone can relate to. There is the practical consideration of how to maintain it and uh, whether it could raise enough money on its own, you know, to, to cover the costs. So the Rudnanga has thought of uh, some commercial enterprise uh, to help offset you know those costs so it'll look for ways of doing that yes I guess it's and it'll also keep the the whare warm yes, yes. Being used. Yeah, we need to do that mm. and we and I'm sure it's going to be uh, used a lot Aye. 
Tēnā kōrua. Marae Rakuraku with Dr. Hirini Mokomid. And to listen again to that kōrero, you can head to my webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika. That's T-E-A-H-I-K-A-A. The church whānau is well known in this country's rodeo circles. Since Friday, September 9th, when 43-year-old Dion Church died of a heart attack, tributes have been flooding into rodeo websites from his many admirers and fans. Merv and Sue Church raised their kids on the outskirts of Rotorua in Rerewhakaitu, and with Merv being a rodeo legend himself, it was inevitable, really, that his children take on the sport. In March 2009, Mariah and I travelled to Fielding to cover the Mansfield Fielding Rodeo Competition, where we got a sense of the real whānau affair that being a member of the church family involves. Sue Church, kia ora Sue. Kia ora. Now I introduced you before as the matriarch of the church whānau. Right. And happy birthday, it's your 60th birthday. Yes. <laughs> and Look did you I'm really want... Look what for my birthday. <laughs> yes, what are you doing? Just cook, just finished feeding the whānau, breakfast. Yeah, this is our life, rodeos. Right. You were in Ratahi last week, rodeo, this week, rodeo. Right. Must be a busy life. This is our end of our season, this one. We were in uh, Ratahi last weekend for two days, yeah. And this is our last one for the season, and we start up again October. If I say to you the church whānau are famous in Aotearoa for rodeo, what's your response to that? Oh, yes, <laughs> they are. <laughs> um, it started from my husband. He's um, Ateho Nui Paparangi and Mania Poto. started from him, and then it went to our kids, and now our mokopunas. Hmm. And so this has definitely been um, a family affair, eh? Oh, yes. Yeah. Right from day one. From day one. <laughs> mm. Now, Sue, so, I mean, I mean, you're, you're the matriarch. You, you just, you know, it's your birthday today and you're, you're preparing the clay uh, for the mukupuna and, and, um, and your... And everybody else around, <laughs> you know. everybody else. Yeah, if the clay's so, on, we, everybody come have a clay, you know, and it's the same with every truck. Yeah, someone might be frying bread over the other side and... We all, you know, just one happy family. Yeah, oh, which is good. What kind of organisation does it take for you to organise your whānau to, to, to make these kinds of events? Well, really, they know, like all of them are riding, they, they know what's expected of them to get the horses in and feed them and put them out when we arrive. Because once the horses come out of there, well, we put the mattresses down and that's where they sleep, you know. And, and yet we've got this, it's kind of like a, a mobile home with um, a couple of bunk beds in there. Aye. So everything can be just... Just, yeah, I've got a sink and a stove in there, and yeah, it's Gas like cookers. home away from home, really. Mm. Yeah. And so what will you be doing for the rest of the day? I'll watch them, watch my sons and my mokopunas, they all ride. Yeah. Just lovely riding, watching them all ride with their happy faces, and, <laughs> and it's better still when they win. <laughs> Kia ora, Sue Church. Mariah met Clary Church, who talked about how there is an upside and downside to rodeo. It's a competitive as, no matter what event, they just all competitive as. Is that how it was for you when you were growing up? Yeah, yep. Like uh, I got three, three brothers and a couple of sisters, and the three brothers always keep you going. Um, my brother, older brother Dion, he's the oldest out of us, yeah. the tuakana. He, he um he's equaled my dad's record as 15 times all around cowboy so can't be too shabby <laughs> <laughs> but he um 
Yeah, he's he's sort of got some um, some real hard old in- injuries that and, um, he just steer wrestles now. He's too too sore to ride any of those rough stock. He'll be back there and he'll be hard to beat because he's a top man, top competitor. What about yourself, Clary? How have, have you received any harder injuries? Yeah, I had a couple. I've, I've been quite lucky. I mean, I've been quite lucky, uh, to tell you the truth, touch wood. But uh, just 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 broke my wrist. Um, broke my wrist. Had a horn in the leg. Um, been knocked out a few times, yeah. The longest I've been knocked out was for about half an hour. Woke up in the ambulance, yeah, didn't know where I was. I was <laughs> counting Tweety Birds. Holy oh, yeah, this was a shame. I hope I wasn't dribbling or anything. <laughs> <laughs> or, or gambling inconherently or yeah, calling re- mum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, it's just um, just, just an awesome buzz. Can't can't really explain, exp- explain the feeling you get from writing riding bucking horses or roping or steerage thing for that matter it's just it's just an unreal feeling um, is it lucrative though financially lucrative well um not really not no. really here in old Theodore? no but um it's 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 a lot more than like um be good to have a lot of money up but it's not really it's not money's not everything um it's it's been with your family roping with your kids seeing your kids ride get the feeling of my you know i'd love you know, get the feeling of my girl winning that'd be an awesome feeling i've got a couple of young girls and can't wait till they get to be riding and they'll be pretty hard to beat because <laughs> they spend a lot of time up at their granddads and and they just love riding horses and it's in our blood really it's in our blood Okay, so what's the name of this horse? Uh, this horse is Bart. Bart, a uh, um, quarter horse that uh, my dad um, bred, yeah. Now, this seems like a pretty big beast, though. Yeah, he's, yep, no, he's cool. He's pretty relaxed, but he's good for, good, good at his job. How long has he been in the whanau for? Um, since he was a baby. Um, he's been in the whanau since he was a baby. He's probably eight, nine now. So have you and all your brothers and your sisters have been, at some stage been on this horse? Yes, yes. My sister went, went in the barrel race, Stevie Church, and she... Um, she just won that event She just now. won that event on this one. So, yeah. No, he's a pretty pretty good pretty good old horse. My dad's pretty... pretty we're pretty blessed having my dad there um, training and breeding horses. It's just a real a real bonus to get on good horses um, when, you're, when you're competing. So, Clary, given your Fano pedigree, was this was it just natural for, like yourself, to move into rodeoing? Yeah, no. Um, we just used to go watch uh, my dad. My dad moved church. Uh, he was 15 times all around cowboy, and he's the godfather of rodeo. And we just just used to follow him around as youngins, and and uh, just got the bug at an early age, and never looked back since. Just been doing it. But you know what, Clary? I mean. Your kids are actually setting your own records too, eh? Stevie is the fifth time barrel champion and you're the current all-round champion. Yeah, well, my, my younger brother Corey just beat me this year. I was last year's um, all-round cowboy, yeah. But you got guys lucky. got a funny, funny calendar, eh, rodeos? Yeah, it is. It it's, goes from, like, the February to the February. Yeah. and then So at the moment... This is the new the... year. This is the new year. Right. This, this is our sec- third rodeo from for our next year, so... So, Clary, does it get, get competitive between you fellows? Oh, yeah. Much, much competitive, yeah. <laughs> um, just, just, that's just the whole thing. And even 
even um, other other competitors are just as handy and and um, you get at the end of the day if you get a good draw well you're you're, you're going to do good but if you if you don't get a good draw well um, you just got to sort of make do with what you got but if you got if you actually you know come across a good calf or good steer and and you do it in a good time well you know the the um, benefits will come. Kia ora, Clary Church. So how did the church whānau end up doing rodeo? I met Corey Church. Do you feel comfortable knowing that the church, your your name, your whānau name church is quite synonymous with rodeo? I mean, I mean you're quite famous for rodeo, aren't you, your whānau? Yeah, oh, we get by, you know, we have our days and have our moments, but yeah, it's just everyone else, is, uh, not only our family, there's a lot of rallies and and, our, and all our friends there, they're, they're in there for the same thing as, the, you know, when, you know, ride your stock or, or whatever and just um, just come in and have a good time and win some money. Do you think um, over the, over your years involved with rodeo there are there are more Māori families or support for, for this type of sport? That's, that's really, I mean, do many people know about rodeo? Yeah, oh, you talk to a few over up and down the country, you know, in the North Island and the South End, and, um, yeah, there's all sorts, you know, uh, Caucasians, there's, there's everyone there and, and we all sort of help each other and um, it makes it more more enjoyable. Yeah. So let's go back to your, um, when did you start getting into rodeo and what led you to that? I first started when I was, well, about, oh, I'd say about 12, started riding, we started off at calves, riding calves and... Um, you get too big for that, so then you got to get on to junior bulls. Oh, at the time, it was for me, it was second divvy. So, um, but now at the moment, they got uh, junior bull ride there, so the younger fellas can get on sort of younger stock than than the men, sort of. And um, yeah, just just got into it, kept going to them, and um, just carried on, just carried on entering and riding and. Yeah, just having a good time. So, Corey, what is rodeo? Is it horse riding, bull riding? There's there's roping. Are there all sorts of events in rodeo? Yeah, there's uh, barrel racing and uh, saddle bronc riding. There's bareback riding. The um, team roping, you know. Uh, and yeah, roping is when you rope a calf. Yeah. Yeah, you just rope and tie a calf down, or or rope and heel a heel a steer. Yeah, it's just uh, it's what they did in, back in the old ranges. You know, if they needed a cow to treat, they'll go and uh, they'll go and rope it down and um, and treat it. It's uh, easier than running them in some yards and yeah. doing them that way. Wow! And so, what events are you participating in um, today? Um, in the rope and tie, the saddle bronc ride, steer wrestling, and team roping. Yeah. I'll team up with my, my son, Merv. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. So team roping, can you explain to someone like me who doesn't know radio what team roping is? Uh, you just got two, two guys on two horses. They come out, you know, with the steer. One ropes the horns of the, of the steer and uh, uh, your mate picks up the two back heels, the oh, two back okay. feet. Yeah. And then he t- ties it's, it. It's it's uh, all done on time. Oh, yeah. fastest wins. Yeah, fastest time wins. So it's all done on time. Now you're bringing your, your young one up in rodeo, and the younger generation must be coming through in the church final of doing rodeo, yeah? Yeah, yeah. No, I've got my young fella there, and he's, he's going to be roping with me. Um, yeah, it's good to 
you know, get them off other places and just get them into riding horses and, and going to rodeos and, yeah, you just and meet heaps of people. Now, being Aotearoa, quite a small country, have you managed to, to go to the States and see, I mean, Texas must be the rodeo capital of the world, yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah, so we totally. Have, have you got desires uh, to go there? No, I haven't, I haven't been there just yet, but uh, the furthest I've been is Australia. I competed over there, and, um, yeah, no, nah, that, was, that was pretty good, you know, because we're, we're only sort of through the summer. Um, our season sort of, sort of ends and starts back in October. So, yeah, but otherwise try and get a bit of practice in at home and just keep sharp for for the coming season. And how long can you keep doing this for, Corey? Well, <laughs> well yeah, oh, I've got a few years to yep, go yet. Yep. Uh, I'm not too sure, but you can, yeah, there's some some older guys, you know, there's, there's events for them, so oh, true, they don't yeah. have to jump off their horse, they yep. can just stay on it. And uh, But yeah, there's, I wouldn't say they're old though, because they still beat me. <laughs> <laughs> still guns, eh? Yeah. Still guns, oh, still yeah. got it. Kia ora, Corey Church. Now, at these events, it's really about whānau. Uh, I'm talking with Charlie Halley. Kia ora, Charlie. Kia ora. Now, you've just arrived here this morning. Hi. Having travelled from... Rotorua. And how long does that take? Oh, what do we take? Three and a half, four hours to get down? That's not yeah. bad, considering you're towing three horses alongside Yeah, you. three. We usually cart four. We just left one at home for this weekend. I'm looking at three horses now. So, are these horses, are they trained a particular way for different events yeah yeah this one here he's he's my pickup horse he's i'm actually retiring on this year he's um yeah he's 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 a specialized job he's he's got to be um tough strong and fast to what's get a pickup horse charlie a pickup horse is you, you um the cowboy comes out of the chute on a bucking horse yeah he rides for eight seconds then we go in we hit, there's, there's three in our team. We go in and, and take the cowboy off the horse safely, put the cowboy to the ground, and then um, we, then we look after the bronc. He's, the bronc's got a, 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 a kicker, what they call a kicker, on him, and we get that off, get hold of the horse and take him out so they can take the saddle off with the, the rigging. Okay, yeah. so what's a bronc? A bronc is a, a bucking horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's just a like a label that you call a particular type of horse? Yeah, you have uh, you have saddle bronchs and you put saddles on them yep. and, and the cowboy, or you have a bareback bronc and they just have a, a suitcase handle thing that goes around them. So have they been trained to be like that? You, or they bred that way? They're just the outlaw horses that buck, want to buck people off. Oh, yeah, so yeah. They're, they're the horses that you can never um, break in? Well, some of them have been tried to, tried to be broken in. Mm -hmm. um, and then if, if they get rank, what we call rank, mm -hmm. and then... Um, the, that uh, people will just call out to various clubs around New Zealand and say, oh, you know, I've got a bronc here, and we take them and look after them. And some of the broncs, they do about two minutes' work a year, you know, because they might only get bucked once. Right. So they'll come to a venue, get bucked out once, and they go and eat grass <laughs> for the rest of the year. Kia ora, the church whānau and heli whānau, and that dip into Tiahika archives from March 2009. We heard from Sue, Clary and Corey Church, and Charlie Halley. On Wednesday, the rodeo community and the church whānau farewelled Dion Church at Koroniti Marae, Whanganui River. Nā reira he mihi aroha tēne ki a koutou tōna iwi, tōna hapu, me tōna whānau whānui. 
Last Thursday, the Waiatamari Music Awards were held in Hastings. Congratulations to all the winners. The Best Māori Traditional Music Award went to Kahu Waitua for Ngā Waiata o Hinare Waitua. Best Māori Pop Album was The Knock by Tyna Keelan, Darren Matheson and Christopher Yebsley. And the Best Māori Urban Rap and Hip Hop Album Award went to Tato Tato E. For a full list of the winners, you can head to our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash te ahika. Anneida Afina Tumi no Ngati Kahunganu with this week's Fakatoki. Mai te kōpai ki te urupa tātou akotunumai, which is um, from the cradle to the grave, we are forever learning. And for some, it actually, it's, it should be from... Uh, womb, from the womb to the tomb. Um, you know, we we learn every single day. Let us not uh, be of a. Let us not mistakenly think that we, we know everything. But every day there's something new to learn. Even if it's from a child, uh, learning how to to smile. You know, every single day we should be learning how to love. Um, or if it's from pakeke or our adults or and elders. Uh, don't dismiss what they have to say because you've heard it a hundred times, uh, but take from it the, 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 the lessons that they have to learn. Kia ora, Afina Tumi. Next week we'll hear from the recipient of another Te Wakatoi Award artist, Marilyn Webb. And Seth Harpu is in the studio and performs an acoustic version of his song, Keeping Count. We end the show today with 1814, who won the Airplay Record of the Year Award at the recent Waiata Māori Awards. He mihi tēnei ki ngā kaira wiki wiki mihini, ngā mihi hoki mai hei tērā rā tapu, mai te whanu atiahi kākia koutou katoa Māori ora.